In Matthew chapter 21, just a day after entering the city gates of Jerusalem, with crowds around him shouting Hosanna, and just a few days before his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion, Jesus tells another parable to a crowd of religious leaders, chief priests and teachers of the law, to the moral and religious leaders of the day, Jesus tells a parable. To the everyday Jews, to the throngs of people that have gathered around him, Jesus tells a parable, a story, a truth designed to tease our imaginations, to engage our thoughts, to wake us up. He takes a stick of dynamite wrapped in a story and he turns to the crowd and he says this. Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it, and built a tower, and leased it to tenants. And he went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again, the master of the house, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son, saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? As we gather together as a crowd to examine Good Friday, let's examine this parable together. There is a master of a house. He's obviously a wealthy man. And he has great land. And on this land he plants a vineyard. A vineyard full of vines that will produce great fruit. He builds fences for the vines to grow. He builds fences to protect his property and the fruit. He builds a wine press where they'll make their wine. And he builds a tower so that they can see all around their land. It's a beautiful property that this master of the house builds. But he needs tenants. He needs people who will come and work his fruit, his vines. They'll work his land. None of it is theirs, but they will come with their families. They will live in homes on the property. They will raise their children and raise the vines and cut the grapes. They'll make wine and they'll make a living. And in it, they'll give some back to the owner 
of this house, to the master of the house. And so as the owner makes an agreement with the tenants and goes off to a far land, the season comes for the time of harvest. It comes time for the tenants to cut the vines and harvest the grapes and make their wine. And so the master of the house sends his servants. And the servants come to collect the fruit that is due the master of the house. But the tenants do something ridiculous. The tenants do something absurd. They grab the servants. They beat the servants. They stone the servants. They kill the servants. But the master of the house sends more. Sends more servants, stronger servants, more courageous servants. And they show up there at the vineyard. And they speak to the tenants. And they ask for their fruit. But the tenants, they're rebellious. And they're wicked. And they take those servants and they beat them. And they stone them. And they kill them too. It sounds barbaric. It sounds wicked. It sounds evil. But I think the tenants, I think what they wanted was they wanted to be owners. See, these, these tenants wanted to be owners. They wanted to call their own shots. They wanted to take the lead. They wanted to be in charge. They wanted it for themselves. These tenants, these tenants wanted to be owners. Rabbinic law would state that if the tenants could go three years without paying the master of the house, the vineyard would become theirs. That if somehow they could avoid paying the master for three years, then they could call the vineyard their own. And so as I read this parable, I'm convinced that the, tenor, the tenants wanted to be owners. But I think the even deeper truth is that we all want to be owners too. That deep down, we want to call the shots. That we want to take the lead. That we want to be our own masters. We all want to be owners. We all want to fight to gain control, to take control, to keep control. And when something or someone comes to remind us that we are not owners, we fight and we kill because we don't want to hear that. Because we want to stay in control. We want to be owners, but we're tenants. I wonder as, as Jesus told this parable, if his listeners thought back to the book of Deuteronomy. See, many in the crowd, they were chief priests and Pharisees. They were instructors of the law. These were people that knew the law books well. And I wonder, I just wonder that as Jesus told this parable, they didn't start thinking about Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
about the people of Israel being led out of the land of slavery and into the promised land. The story of Moses leading God's people from a place of safe slavery, a place where they were in bondage, to a land of freedom, a land that was the land of milk and honey, the promised land. And it's interesting because if we look back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, as God's people took this journey from slavery to freedom, God said this. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, the land to give you, when he brings you there with great and good cities, that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord. Lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. For it is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. God often has to remind his people that they are not owners, but they are tenants. That he alone is the master of the house, the one who has brought us out of the land of slavery to sin and into a kingdom of freedom where he is king and we are his tenants. But we all all want to be owners. And so Jesus continues his parable. And he says that after the tenants grabbed the servants and killed them and left them outside the vineyard to rot, That the owner of the house, the master of the house, looks around and having no more servants to send, he sees only one, his son. And so he says to his son, go to my tenants and to my vineyard. And as the son goes, he shows up at the vineyards and the tenants do the very thing to him that they did to the servants. They beat him and they stone him and they kill him. They kill the son. They reject the Lord. They reject the master. All because they want to be owners. We all want to be owners. As Jesus teaches this parable, he knows that in two days, he's going to live this parable out. He's going to fulfill the very things that he is teaching. That in just a few hours, he will be betrayed, arrested, flogged, beaten, stripped, mocked, and nailed to a cross. And just like the son in the parable, Jesus will be killed and Jesus will be rejected because we are tenants who want to be owners. But Jesus' death is different. You see, Jesus' death is purposeful. 
Because in Jesus' death, he secures for us a path. A path to right relationship with the master of the house. A right relationship with God. He secures a path that leads to life. A path that leads to forgiveness. A path that is offered to anyone who would believe and surrender to the gracious and loving master of the house. To all who would gladly be tenants in his kingdom and be surrendered to him. One of my favorite verses in Corinthians reminds me of this truth when Paul writes, you are not your own, you were bought at a price. We all want to be owners. We all want to control our lives. We want to be our own bosses and our own masters. But the truth is, that road leads to death. But if we would see a master that is willing to send his only son to write our relationship with him, and if we would just surrender to that master, that master that is gracious and loving and kind, so gracious and loving that he sent his son to die for you, if we would surrender to that master, then we will find life. And life abundant in him. There is a great hymn of our faith that says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. May we find freedom in Jesus Christ as we surrender to the master of the house that loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And may we live as joyous tenants in his vineyard under his rule because he is a gracious master.